by us allowing them to see that they can trust their own skills is going to move that fear away. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Marcella. I am so happy to be back and to be tackling the topic of common fears that teens have in this episode. Yes. So we are in Halloween month and we are talking about fear. (laughs) So we already talked about parenting fears in the first week. And this week we're going to talk about teens fears. And the following week we're going to talk about fears that little kids have. So this one is for older kids. Yeah. If you have a child 9 to 19 and you want to restore your relationship with your child, if you think that maybe, I don't know if, if it's too late for me to do gentle parenting, I tried, but my, my teen is already, I don't know if the damage is already done. If you have all these fears, Dr. Lockhart, she's a pediatric psychologist of tween and teens, is going to spend two hours with you this Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time answering all your questions. So, number one, you restore your relationship with your twin and teen, you open pathways of communication, and number three, you have the ingredients that you need in order to build them up for success now that they are transitioning from childhood to adulthood. So if you want to register for this class, all you have to do is open the description of this podcast episode, give us your best email so we can send you the Zoom link, and we'll see you Friday. Yes. So excited about that masterclass, and I know that it's going to help a lot of people. I am curious what you experienced as a therapeutic foster care provider of teens What were some of the common fears that you saw your teens have? I think the most common one was peer pressure, peer interaction, identity, being able to be themselves and still be accepted by the crowd. That was a big one. I think it was a lot that. And second, moving out. Yeah. What, What is going to be for me once I turn 18? Yeah. So let's talk about that fear of peer pressure, because in the Parenting with Understanding program, you teach us about the five basic needs, and one of those is the need for belonging, which peer pressure and relationships falls under, you know? These children are surrounded by relationships and people and their brains are still growing, all of their brains. And so there's a lot going on through these years. Their bodies are changing, their hormones are changing, their brains are going through the second huge developmental leap where their brain goes from a simple computer to a very complex supercomputer. And their beliefs, their morals, their values, all of those things start to happen right around this age. So there's so much going on for these teens. And I think that as we're talking through this, my hope is that our preteen and teen parents will walk away from this episode specifically feeling very empowered and uplifted to understand their teens a little bit more. 
Yes. In this age, what you see, what you're gonna see a lot with Peyton, and I saw it with my kids in foster care, is that they're experimenting. So one day, you might wake up to a teenager that everything, like he's dressed black from head to toe, and then the next day he's a rainbow. So they're going to be experimenting a lot. Um, they're going to feel what it feels like to be in the shoes that they're experimenting. So. What I did was that while they are experimenting, while they are finding their identity to to help them feel comfort while they're finding their identity without me shaping it, because it's not my job to shape it. It's my job to just be as their comfort, their their safe space um on their ears like if they if they if they want to come to me with anything for me to just not try to fix it not try to lecture them or or to give them feedback that's another thing they are not toddlers anymore they are not little kids anymore and if they're not asking you for feedback about their not matching shoes then they're not asking you for feedback right <laughs> so we should respect that right yeah. the same way i don't give other adults feedback about their non-matching shoes if they're not asking me for then i didn't I, no i just went as far as they allowed me and that might be a sensitive spot for a lot of parents who may may have that default pattern of i need to fix my children or i need to make them understand my ways um and the thing is that this age they're forming their own belief systems and their own their own ideas yeah. and their own ways that they want to express themselves in the world i remember when i was a teenager i hated going shopping with my mom because she wanted to dress me like her and i didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we still have very different styles. So yeah, that, that that's a big one in terms of okay, us recognizing that they're not little kids anymore. They're going to be exploring the world. They're going to be exploring different ways they show up in the world and then it's just our job to just be there. Yeah. For them. Yeah, and you know, I think about topics like that where and this really would, would go into any of the fears that that we have as as teen parents and any of the fears that our children are going through i think as parents if we are able to not tell them what they should think tell them what they should wear tell them what they should feel you know instead explore and teach them how to critically think for themselves and like, for instance, if your teen comes in wearing something that you're like, this is a hard no, right? Like, we're not, you're not dressing like that. Instead of taking that approach, sitting down and, and saying, you know, hey, I noticed that you dressed a little bit differently today. Talk me through. Do you mind? You know, like, I want to hear what, what your thought process is and what made you wear this color or this like, um, I know that a lot of like traditional parents, and this is the example that I have in my head, my mom would have absolutely been one of these parents. But had I come in wearing something that like showed my stomach, which is really popular these days, it's very, very um, accepted in our culture now to show your midriff. And I don't personally have a problem with that. 
Um, and I think there's a whole lot that goes on into this, but if you are the parent that was taught to look at that and say, well, that is, you know, you're just going to be asking for boys to treat you, you know, disrespectfully or whatever. I, I wonder if parents took the approach of, you know, hey, help me, ex help me explore this. I want to explore this with you. I want to understand you. I want to know, you know, what makes you want to show your stomach and what are you hoping to get out of it? And um, what do you think the possible outcomes are? And if, if a guy does start treating you disrespectfully, how do you want to handle that? And what standard are you going to hold that boy to? And like, how do you want to be treated? You know, like things like that. I'm just, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Do you think a conversation like that would be good with a teen? Or do you think that they would feel like, whoa, I'm, obviously I wouldn't ask all of those questions like rapid fire, you know, I would get more explorative and give them space to answer if they felt like answering. But I'm, I'm thinking as a, as a person who was once a teen myself and specifically a, a girl, I would have loved my parents to have approached me like that rather than you're not going out of the house wearing that, you know? Right. I, I had that conversation before with my former teen. Now he's an adult. Uh, one day, uh, it was Halloween, actually. It was Halloween day. He said, today we can dress up for school and I'm going to wear a long wig, like a, you know, a really long wig. I'm like, okay, so you're gonna wear a wig, and then, and then he came out of his bedroom with the long wig and with a Minnie Mouse bow on on his head, and then he said, "What do you think?" I said, "Okay, um, <laughs> what do I think?" <laughs> There's not my choice, but I didn't say that. I said, "Okay, so let's just imagine for a second that you walk in the classroom like that. I mean, you're you're a boy and you're wearing a long wig." with a mini, mini mouse ball on your head. Um, let's just suppose that your classmates tell you something. What, how are you going to handle that and what are you going to feel? Yeah. He said, oh, I think I might feel a little, I, I might feel a little sad, but I, I still wanna wear the wig. I'm like, okay, okay. So it's not about like controlling them, to not do what they want to do, but to help them see what the consequences would be. Yeah. And if they if they still say yes, I'm going to face those consequences. Right. And if the consequences are not harmful to others, then why am I like who am I to say you're not gonna do that? You know? Yeah, I love that. And I think about that even now, my style can be very um, eccentric. Like I can wear things that are pretty loud, if you will. I have, I have a new pair of pants that I absolutely love that are like flare bottom jeans, but they're striped in all these different colors. And I think about like, if I were to ask my husband, like, do you prefer these jeans or regular blue jeans that are quiet, much quieter? He would always pick the blue jeans, right? But I would feel as though I wasn't able to express my sense of style. And that's essentially what you're doing is you're, you're parenting with understanding is about teaching your child those critical thinking skills and exploring the possible solutions and, and thinking through, you know, if my classmates make fun of me for wearing this long, long wig with my Minnie Mouse ears, 
yeah, that might make me sad a little bit, but I like this. I like this. So I'm going to wear it for me and it, it gets them out of that peer pressure mindset because what, what I hear in that scenario specifically is that that boy was able to explore the possibility of peer pressure and still make the decision that he was like, you know what, regardless of what other people might want to pressure me to do, I want to wear this. And so I'm going to, I'm going to wear this. This is a way that I want to express myself today. And I, I think that that really does help provide them with skills that are going to be really beneficial in the future. You know something? I attended Dr. and Luisa's webinar for parents of twins and teens last month. And then she asked the parents in the panel, what was their most common fear? And then they said, if they can even pick up the towel off the floor, how they're going to live on their own. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was their most common fear. And I know that teens have that fear as well. Like if, like my parents now give me everything and then they, they pay for this, they pay for that. How am I going to do on my own? So how would you handle that? Or how would you help your child, your older twin or teen with that fear? Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is something I actually posted a video about this recently. Um, and it was what I needed in my own childhood to function in the world. My mom didn't really know how to give it to me in the way that I needed. And it was breaking down tasks into smaller, more manageable tasks. So the video that I posted was about this little boy that he was probably five or six years old. And he was saying, his mom was saying, go clean your room. And she said, he says, but it's so messy. It's going to take forever. And she's like, no, it's not. Go clean your room. And then dad kind of chimes in and is a little bit more authoritarian. And I was talking people through that, that he's communicating a need there. He feels overwhelmed and he feels stressed by the room. Although he has been taught, he's probably been shown how to clean his room. His mom has probably gone in there and helped him multiple times. And now she's like, I'm tired of it. You need to clean your own room, right? Well, the issue that I see is that we we tend to get into this very controlling mindset with our children where we forget that they're human who's they're humans who experience very similar things that we do in their day-to-day life. And the question that I asked a lot of parents in the comments who were saying like like a little kid is overwhelmed, are you kidding me? And I'm like, he knows how to clean his room was the argument. Yeah, I know how to clean my house. That doesn't mean I don't get overwhelmed by it sometimes, you know? I know exactly how to clean my house, but there sometimes it feels very stressful with all the other things that I've got going on or it's just like it, there could be nothing else going on and my house can still feel stressful. And so I think that if we focus more on listening to our children and really like if we see them communicating through their behavior to try to find what's underneath that and not not try to just say oh you're just trying to get out of this right like that that gets us into this mindset that creates a lot of disconnection in our relationship with our our preteens and our teens and so if we instead will move into that posture of understanding and saying okay You're telling me, you know, you're refusing to take out the trash. 
and I know you know how to take out the trash. What is going on? And what we'll find is if we usually dig, there's something else like something going on with school that maybe there's peer pressure, maybe they're scared about moving out. And so it's creating a lot of anxiety in them. And so then we see that defiance. And so essentially, this is my long answer. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think that breaking down the task and saying, okay, so like if it's go clean your room, for example, in the younger ages, I would start telling my daughter, like she's three now. So I go in there and I say, okay, we're going to pick up your dolls. We're going to find every doll in the room and we're going to put her in your doll basket. Right. And then we'll, we're going to go through and we're going to find all of the food items and we're going to put them in your kitchen drawers. Right. And I break it down like that because that's what I needed in my childhood. If it were just one task, like take out the trash. And I noticed that my preteen or teen wasn't doing that. I would sit down and say, hey, I've noticed that the trash is kind of piled up a little bit. I'm just wondering what's going on for you. What is this feeling like for you? And I would seek to understand them. And then I would seek to figure out a plan together. Well, the trash is still need to be taken out, right? Right. We're not permissive parents. We're not going to say, oh, you feel overwhelmed. Okay, I'll do it for you, right? Because nobody's going to do that for them in, in adulthood. So we do need to teach them, okay, overwhelm is really normal. And Unfortunately, it doesn't get easier whenever you move out, right? Overwhelm is something that they're going to deal with the rest of their lives. So I think that teaching them how to feel the overwhelm and still get the task done and to think critically and to break it down into tasks that feel manageable, take one trash out and then go sit down for a little bit. Go grab the other trash, go take it out. Instead of having to get all the trashes in the entire house, just... Do one trash at a time if that's what you have to do, you know? Right. Do five minutes of dishes and then sit down and take a breath, take a break. Go do five more minutes. It's probably not going to take you more than 10 minutes to do the dishes, you know? So I think that, yeah, that's that's my long, my very long answer to, <laughs> to the question. Now, when it comes to older teens, the ones who are really transitioning to adulthood, I lifted with my own teen. We had, because he had he was in therapeutic foster care, we had more support to help him transition. But basically, we had a team of people that came in and trained me on how to help him become a successful adult. So what they did was that to, to use the I do, we do, you do model with uh, life skills things. So for example... Uh, it's time to do grocery shopping. We have a budget. He, I went with him. We did it a, f- a few times together. And then there was, there was another time that we did it together, but he did everything. He budgeted everything. And he picked all the items for the, for the dinner. And then another time we arrived to the, to the store. I said, okay, uh, I don't want to say his name. Okay, Santiago, let's just say his name is Santiago. Okay, Santiago, this is the budget, and I gave him the cash. I'm going to wait for you here. He was about to turn 18. He went, he did all the shopping, and he came out with the bags with the items that he chose for dinner. I didn't even tell him what to buy. Wow. So another thing that I did, um, I went clothes shopping with him for, for back-to-school shopping, and, this, and we did the same process. I do, we do, you do. 
The same thing with, with other skills. Uh, so because when it comes to teens, there are things that they need to start learning about, like how to talk, how to make an appointment. Yeah. Yeah. He had doctor's appointments and then at first, okay, you're going to sit next to me and you're going to hear how I make the appointment. And for next time, you're going to sit down and then you're going to make the appointment. And I'm going to remind you. And guess what? Next month, I'm not going to remind you. You're going to be responsible of reminding yourself or ma of making your appointments. And you know that you need to make your appointments because you are on, like, I mean, you're in a, tr in a medical treatment for ADHD and then he, he needs his appointments. A very important ingredient when it comes to this process is trust. We may think like, oh, no, I'm letting go, letting go, but let go, <laughs> let go of them. Trust in your training. A lot of the times is that we don't trust them in the training that we've been giving them. We need to start trusting on their training. For me, it was scary. For me, the scariest part was to let go of him managing the times that he was going to take his meds and make his appointments. And he did it. Of course, I was, I was monitoring as well, but I wasn't following him. But I was making sure that he was taking his pills, but not, I wasn't reminding them. I wasn't micromanaging. So that's, that's a big thing for you to start releasing. If you have, I'm not talking if, if your child is nine, 10, but if your child is 17, <laughs> you need to start thinking on how to release those bigger tasks for them. Have them go to, they're driving, they're 17. Have them go on their own to the store and bring, bring back the, the what's for dinner for the week. Give them a budget and that way they will build their confidence on their own selves because a lot of, like, what is this? This is lack of confidence. If they fear, I don't know what I'm going to do without my parents once I move out, it's because they don't trust their own skills. So by us allowing them to see that they can trust their own skills is going to move that fear away. Yeah, that brings up a good, a good point, too, with um, building intrinsic or internal motivation in our children. I love the model of I do, we do, you do. And I think about that also in terms of emotional management and communication skills, you know, um, and how our children are going to get out into the real world. I, I think about this a lot whenever I, so I grew up with very authoritarian parents and I experienced a lot of punishments throughout my childhood. And because my parents both were like yellers and overreactors, when I got into the real world, I expected people to yell or overreact in order for me to understand that they were serious. So I had a lot of issues with bosses um, and authority figures because I waited until they got pretty aggressive with me to do anything differently, you know? And so I, I think about that for our children where we want them to be able to get into their own homes. If they're in a dorm, if they're in an apartment, if they're, you know, dating and they're looking for a spouse, all of that kind of stuff, we want them to have this foundation of like knowing what healthy relationships look like, 
knowing how to communicate effectively, knowing how to manage their emotions in those conversations, but also being motivated to do things like take care of their home as well without, you know, somebody saying, well, if you don't clean your room, nobody, you're not going to get to watch your Xbox. That child typically grows up to have their own apartment and they are not super clean. <laughs> I can speak from experience, right? Because nobody's there to punish you. The punishment becomes the motivation. So when you remove the person that's there to punish, then the motivation to clean is gone. Whereas when we build that intrinsic motivation and we teach them the I do, we do, you do model, they learn what that looks like and it, they're internally motivated by, wow, I really, I really like the feeling of like the accomplished feeling that I have whenever I'm able to go buy groceries on a budget and make a meal. And I really love the feeling of having a clean room and having clean clothes to wear and I know how to do these things. I'm competent. I know how to do them. So I'm going to do them and nobody's going to have to lord over me and threaten me, you know, to make me do those things. Raising twins and raising teens is a different experience. People may say like, ah, for sure you got it down by now because you've been, you, you have kids for a long time now for many years, but no. It's a different developmental stage. It comes with different needs, with different feelings, with different circumstances, different things to tackle. So I encourage you, highly encourage you to access the expert. Dr. Anne Louise, she's a pediatric psychologist of twins and teens for many, many years. And she's helped so many people around the world, including in her free masterclass. So if you want to learn and help your child be ready for the future. If you have a twin or teen, nine to 19, I highly encourage you to register for her free masterclass so you can restore your relationship, open pathways of communication, and building them up for success. Again, open the description of this podcast episode. You can register. If you liked this podcast, leave us a review and let us know how it helped you. If you are a customer in HIC Parenting, meaning that you have any of our products, join us in our private Facebook group exclusive for customers. It's called the HIC Cycle Breaker. Just request to join and I'll see you there. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.